we all know Deion Sanders has been slightly controversial, not by his own doing, but just by people who don't approve of what he has been doing. But is he the most divisive figure in college football? I'm going to talk about that and a little bit more on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Bus. I am your host, Kevin Borba. Oh, there we go. Right there. Boom. Okay. I'm your host, Kevin Borba. And today's episode, we're talking about, is Deion Sanders divisive? Is Coach Prime the most divisive coach in college football? Who on the Colorado roster has the most to gain in the summer? And what did Paul Feinbaum say about the Pac-12? We're going to talk about that all on today's lovely episode of Locked on Bus, but we can't do that without our sponsors. And today's episode is brought to you by today, um, Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on, and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So go get your Bird Dogs. Okay, let's dive right in. Um, I saw it yesterday. I think I wrote about it. You guys probably all hopefully saw it, or if you didn't, go check it out over at Athlon. Um, Josh Pate, who obviously has a lot of content, a lot of things to say, Um was asked the question, is Deion Sanders, is Coach Prime, the most divisive figure in college football? And while he went on to say he is divisive, it's not a bad way. I think a lot of people hear the word divisive and it's like they think of it like politically or like, I don't know, like his comparison was like if someone in a room of people is someone, one individual in a room likes a certain type of food and no one else likes that food. That's divisive because they're all going to disagree. So divisive just means, does he cause disagreements? And I would say Coach Prime caused a lot of disagreements. And I think there's a lot of disagreements about um, how he, mostly about how he uses the transfer portal. Um, I talked about it a couple days ago. I've talked about the past two days, actually, I believe. People want him, other coaches, they want him to crash and burn. They want him to fail. They don't want him to be out here thriving with this transfer portal method because then it's going to have to change how they build their teams. It's going to change how they kind of, how the college football world works. And I don't think a lot of people want that because there's already a lot of changes going on. Um, but I liked Josh Pate's take on it. So I'm going to read you what he said. So Pate explained why the word divisive has a negative connotation. It does, it does not mean that he's a negative influence. It just means he's controversial or causes a lot of debate. So he said, anyone that is going to be a change in it is going to be divisive. And then he continued saying, if it works out, if it doesn't work out, either way, we'll learn something. And this is obviously the transfer portal stuff. I think the biggest shock in college football this year would be if Colorado just wins six games, which would be a huge overachievement. Everybody's going to look at this model, including some of the people who criticize it and say, "Uh oh, let me backspace over my criticism. I may need to go about that. Um, So, yeah, I think. I think when we hear the word divisive, it's especially nowadays. I think a lot of things are divisive. Um, I don't talk politics, but I don't talk, I don't know, whatever, whatever it may be. Yankees, Red Sox don't do it. Um, Lakers, Warriors won't do it. I mean, I will do it, but I prefer not to do it. Um, college football rivalries are divisive. I think people just hear the word divisive and they automatically assume it's like someone's hating on him. But I do think Coach Prime is probably the most divisive figure in college football because he is a change agent. And change agent, change agent, excuse me, is someone who kind of 
modifies the way that things are done. And a lot of people are upset with that. A lot of people are upset with the changing the way that things are done because they're so used to the old ways. And you guys frequently comment in my comments about those, what those coaches look like and how they obviously don't typically look like uh, Coach Prime, which I won't disagree with. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. Coach Prime, knows he knows what he's doing. Uh, I think he kind of feeds on the negative feedback. I think he uses it as, not that he needs motivation, but maybe for the team. Um, he could use it and be like, hey, look, this is what they're saying. This is, you guys see the the news. They're always talking about us. They're always saying that we're going to fail. They want us to crash and burn. They want us to do this. And I think there's a lot of people, a lot to gain from that mentality where it's like us against the world because it kind of instills the, the doubts in their head, I guess, like a, a collaborative, a, a good doubt. Um, obviously, you don't want your team to doubt themselves, but you want them to have that mentality where it's like we got to prove prove ourselves. Um, obviously, you don't owe anybody any anything. Like they don't need to prove me wrong or right. They don't need to pre prove you wrong or right. But there's some motivation there, and I think that's the the good thing. And so when when I say divisive, I'm not saying it's because he's a bad person. I'm just saying because his methods cause a lot of controversy controversy and how kind of they've changed college football i think for the better um i think there's going to be new ways to build teams i think there probably is going to end up being transfer rules which i don't know if that's good or not but i think the transfer portal is still a very unknown situation i think there's a lot that could be adjusted for and so colorado moving forward is definitely going to continue to use it the way they want as long as it works out obviously if coach prime and his experiment doesn't work out then he's not going to go back and do it again so i just thought it was a good, a good question because most people think of it as like as like oh how could he be divisive he's like such a good guy and it's like he is a good guy he's a great guy he does a lot for the community does a lot for the program he's already done a lot for the program but not everybody gets to see that. Some people only see um, the talking head. Some people only see the cutting for 43 players to bring in 51 transfers. Um, they don't see that he did his best to kind of work with what he had, saw what, what he had was a mess, and then realized if I want to win, because on, at the end of the day, his job is on the line, and he's got to do what he's got to do. And so I think that's why people kind of – disagree with what he does and all that but i thought it was an interesting question um, i think he's divisive in a good way not in a bad way just because it's divisive doesn't mean it has to have a negative connotation so don't let me see don't let me see you in the comment section telling me that i'm calling him a bad guy he's a good good agent of change because he may have just cracked the code for coaches who take over these jobs and have to go through two losing seasons before they even see any progress so well, we will see, um, as I always say, because at the end of the day, I can't predict the future. Um, again, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Um, go to birddogs.com. Um, Bird Dogs, they make you look good. They have their stretchy khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, give you a truly sculpted look. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix the issue by inventing cloudnik fabric that just looks like just looks like khaki um but it stretches so you get a waist slimmer fit without having to sacrifice your movement your flow um bird dogs use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long they're tight where they need to be loose where they need to be if you get my drift um i wear my bird dogs every week um they're super comfortable um go to birddogs.com slash locked on for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, back to it. Um, we talked about, is Coach Prime divisive? Um, I think he's divisive, but in a good way. I don't think there's a... Um, I don't think that he had... Not everything has to be negative. I just think that he caused a lot of disagreements. So I feel like that is, in fact, divisive. Um, who has the most to gain this summer? Um, this is more so in reference to the roster. Um, this idea was floated to me by someone else, and I thought it was a fantastic idea because... I think when we look at Colorado's roster, there was probably you got Shadur, Travis, Jimmy. Hmm. That might be it, actually. Trevor Woods, maybe. I don't know if he's solidified a starting spot, but there's at least three or four, probably not fourth, but he was kind of the only other guy that was making noise in spring that they really solidified their spots in this spring ball. And so who has a chance to step up in summer and kind of – I guess take that take their spot, claim their spot, claim the right to their spot, um, and I think there's quite a few of them. Um, up first, you got Javon Antonio. Um, I've talked about it before. The wide receiver, big guy, six foot four, Northwestern State. Um, he kind of has that that ability to claim that fourth spot, that third or fourth spot. Um, him, I'll put him and Xavier Weaver together because obviously I think those are the two guys that I believe will kind of claim those spots. I think this is the time where they stand out. Um, they have obviously they're not on pads, but when they do their little one-on-one stuff, they have a chance to really um, set themselves apart from other wide receivers um, and kind of claim those last two spots. I think offense alignment. Um, I think it's going to be hard for this this unit to claim them. There were spots in the summer because obviously, um, like I said, there's no pads. They're not really working on offense line, defensive line, like head to high, head to head, like. Let's do it. Um, but I think getting in better shape this summer, um, getting in um, shape to kind of like run with the team and run with the squad will definitely help them. Uh, also, before I forget, if you guys like the NBA, which I know many of you do, because I know there's some Denver Nuggets fans out there, you guys know that the NBA draft show, the NBA draft is tonight. Um, don't miss Locked On NBA Draft Live on Thursday night. Pick pick-by-pick analysis from our stable of local NBA hosts, national reaction from our NBA big board host, and live check-ins from inside the NBA draft. Logged on NBA Live, starting at 7.30 Eastern, locked on on the Locked On YouTube page. Excuse me. But yeah, yeah, go check that out. Excuse me. Okay. Back to what I was talking about. Guys that can use this summer opportunity to kind of further themselves ahead of other people. Um, I Like I said, Javon Antonio, Xavier Weaver, maybe Shiloh Sanders. Um, he's kind of tardy to the party in terms of the safeties. Most of them were, well, not most of them, but he was the latest commitment. So I don't know how late he arrived compared to the other, like Vito Tisdale, Roderick Ward, and um, other safeties that they brought in. But 
maybe this is where he sets himself apart. Um, I think there's been a lot of guys that could step up as leaders. Maybe Shadur Sanders could step up and prove to be a team leader. Um, but yeah, I think there's realistically the summer is kind of like a it's like a precursor for fall because especially for Colorado. Obviously, since none of these guys were here for the most part, none of them were here for spring ball. Going into fall camp, they are base. I won't say starting fresh, but for the most part, they will be starting fresh. There's going to be a lot of guys who maybe started other places that might not get an opportunity right away. Um, there's going to be a lot of guys who obviously were here in spring and they could kind of build off of that. Um, I think another one too is Jordan Dominic. Um, I think this is going to be a good conditioning period for him. Uh, I saw a video, I forgot who, who was posted by, but. Um, the kind of, I think Nick Williams, the coach was kind of making fun of him cause he lost his abs so that he needs to get in better shape. And he's like, all oh, my defense linemen need to have washboard abs. And so I, obviously washboard abs doesn't equate to sacks, but there may be a conditioning issue there. Not sure. Um, so maybe this could be the time where he works himself back into shape to kind of, cause he's viewed as the starter, I think for one of the starting edge rusher spots. Um, I think he should be the starter. Um, if he, if you could grab seven and a half sacks in the SEC, um, there's not no way you shouldn't be starting for this Colorado team, which has a lot of experience, inexperienced defense alignment. Like the, he should be one of the guys that walks in and I won't say he's given the starting job, but literally earns a starting job within however long, like there should be no issues there. Um, so Jordan Dominic is another one. Also quarter, they added a quarterback, a backup quarterback, um, kind of a interesting addition. Um, uh, I thought they'd go transfer portal, but I have been saying that they needed um, a backup for Shadur, and they got one. Um, let me tell you about them real quick. Excuse me. Gavin Cold, uh, um, originally from the class of 2020, I believe. Yeah, 2020, 2021. Uh, he only had two offers coming out of high school, UT Martin and Lenore Ryan. Um Six foot five pocket passer, big arm. Um, spent his first season at Monterey Peninsula College, um, where he played in a handful of games, and then spent this past year at Northeastern Oklahoma AM. Um, played in eight games, threw for 72 yards and four picks. Obviously, he's not going to be challenging for the starting spot, but he will be kind of, I guess, serving as a competing for the backup role, he also adds some age to that room because it's literally two freshmen, a walk-on, and then Shadur, who Shadur's old. But, I mean, after like if Shadur, Shadur goes down, I don't like quarter, their quarterback situation. I don't I don't trust any of those young guys I, until I see them, until I have to see them. And realistically, if you're Colorado, you don't want to have to see them. Maybe you throw them in garbage time because you're blowing someone out like a Nebraska. Maybe you get a little frisky with Nebraska, put, go up by 30 or Colorado State go up by 40, and all of a sudden you get to put in the young guys, that'd be good. But I don't want to see them while they're trying to compete for a game. So that's another position that could compete. Mm, running backs, <clears throat> Kavosi Smoke, Ultima Caskill. This is, I think Ultima Caskill has been tabbed, especially by me. I think he's the best running back on that roster uh, as a starter. Uh, if Kavosi Smoke wants to start, wants the job, this would be his time to kind of, I guess, jump on it, maybe prove himself a little more. Um, so a lot of guys can benefit from this summer. Uh, comment below who you think is someone that could really benefit this summer and kind of take advantage of working out, being in good shape, and taking those summer reps 
before they head into fall camp and those position battles truly start to kick off because that's when it gets real. Um, but yeah, comment below. Um, when we come back, Paul Feinbob said what about the Pac-12? I'll talk about that when we return. Welcome back. We're talking about what Pine Paul Pinefall Bob. Paul Feinbaum, what a name. Tough name to say, apparently. Um, what he said about the Pac-12. Um, obviously, if you guys aren't familiar, well, I guess it's not obvious if you're not familiar. So let me take out the obviously. If you're not familiar with young Mr. Paul, old Mr. Paul Feinbaum, he is the SEC analyst uh, for ESPN, uh, works for the SEC Network. Um, he kind of is, when you think SEC media, you think of Paul Feinbaum, really. Um, he joined the McElroy and Kub in the morning in Kubik in the morning, excuse me, to discuss the various topics, one of which was the future of the Pac-12. Um, if you guys haven't been following, um, John Cazano, who has come on the show a couple times, reported the past couple days that both San Diego State and SMU are expected to be invited to the Pac-12. They both like both the schools expect to be invited, um, whether they will or not. Um, I don't know. We'll have to wait and find out, but. They are both expecting it. The, the Pac-12 obviously is still working on their media rights deal. Um, shocker. <laughs> That's been the, the same sentiment since last July, and it's almost been, what is it, June 22nd. So it's almost been a year. Um, so on the show, McElroy asked Feinbaum if the Pac-12 will still be around by 2026 because they were talking about the conference and what their moves were, and he doesn't think it will be. Um, obviously, Colorado's been linked to the Big 12, so I don't know if Colorado's that disappointed. I think... I would say they're disappointed in the sense that they would prefer the Pac-12 because every school in the Pac-12 wants to be in the Pac-12 because academics, they matter to them. Some schools that have been linked with the Big Ten, it's a lot of travel. Um, we saw UCLA schedule be 20,000 plus miles their first Big Ten season compared to like nine this year. Um, but this is what he said. I don't believe so. I don't know if, how it can, Greg, because the situation is so fragile right now the leadership is better than it was, still not very good. And you know, I think you give the new commissioner, George Klevikov, a pass because maybe a year and a year and a half ago, his predecessor literally ran this thing into the ground, but he's had a good enough time or he's had enough time. And I think so far you have to give him a failing grade. And then he kind of later went on to explain while other conferences may be done expanding, that they may just start skimming the get the little skimmer, like the pool skimmer, and start skimming the Pac-12 top teams out of the conference and take them for their own. He said, ultimately, as much as big conferences don't really want to expand at the moment, I think they'll be forced to take the cream of the crop out there, whether it's the Big Ten um, going after the Northwest schools, whether it's Colorado or Arizona or somebody else just deciding to go to the Big 12. I do not believe the Pac-12 can exist. Um, strong words from Paul Feinbaum. Um, I think there was which Paul Feinbaum kind of contributed to the confusion um, when uh, John Katana reported that they had agreed to um, their grants of rights, I believe, or their media shares. That's what it was, how they were going to disperse the media revenue. Um, they agreed to it, which was a verbal agreement. And so Paul Feinbaum asked um, the Arizona athletic director or president, I forgot who it was, and was like, so you guys have come to a deal. And he was like, no, we have not. And so there was confusion there. Um, John obviously believed Paul didn't read his article, which it would make sense because the way he was presenting it uh, didn't sound like he was presenting it in the manner that he read it. So obviously Paul Feinbaum is entitled to his opinion. 2026, I honestly think if a Pac-12 gets a better deal than the Big 12, I think they're going to have to do what the Big 12 did this 
most recent round of realignment and media rights stuff, they need to jump ahead. If the Pac-12 say they get a deal that's five years and they wait until, so that'd be 2029, we'll say. By 2027 or whenever, yeah, by 2027, they should already be working on a new deal or at least try be at least trying to jump in line or figure out something to kind of get themselves into position to do this in a more in a better way. Um, because obviously I think what kind of bit them in the, you know, what was the fact that they waited so long that by the time they kind of started doing everything, they were behind the eight balls dramatically behind the eight ball, the PAC 12 or the big 12 has already expanded and done their deal. The big 10, same thing, SEC, same thing. And so the PAC 12 is now competing with the ACC. Who's got a worse deal than the PAC 12. And so I really think that they just need to secure a deal and then plan on hitting the board table again, maybe expanding again. I think two teams kind of feels like the limit unless they're going to add four this round, which I doubt they will. Um, two teams feels like the limit. I think they need to add two more teams eventually. So it's going to be a, a huge hodgepodge of a of a deal going forward. But I don't I don't know if Paul Feinbaum is correct. I feel like if you're a college football fan, you would want the Pac-12 to exist, to exist because even the Big 12, I don't know how sustainable they are because college football is ultimately working its way to two super conferences, maybe three. And I don't know if the big 12 has got the names to do that. Um, they have a lot of, they have quantity, but do they have the quality of programs? I don't know. I would say no, but I guess we'll find out. Um, what we do know is that this has been another lovely episode of locked on bus. I appreciate you guys for tuning in every single day, subscribing, liking, following, um, Make sure to share this podcast. Make sure to subscribe over here where the button pops up on my face. Um, I appreciate you guys for tuning in, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Have a great Thursday.